All right, looks like we're ready to rumble here, fellas. Good evening, everyone, and happy Sunday. Welcome to yet another episode of your favorite Sunday night Xbox podcast, TXR. That is the Xbox Roundtable podcast, with this, with this being show number 236. I'm your host for the night, Invader, and I am delighted to have you all here tuning in live. Welcome everyone who is just filing in. There is a lot of stuff to go over tonight. Uh, recently, we had earnings reports released for many companies, uh, some of which include Microsoft and Sony with their gaming divisions having some rather interesting results. We will go into that. Also, more game delays. Yes, there are more with uh, Warhammer 40k Darktide getting delayed, plus uh, some interesting things uh, revealed about Knights of the Old Republic, the remake that I mean. We'll go over that. As well, rumors floating around surrounding Sony and Square Enix. Hmm, I wonder what that could be. All that and more. However, let me introduce everybody on the panel. Let's uh, get to these gentlemen here. Starting off with Tim Dog, buddy. Great to see you. How you been? Good, good. Uh, happy to be here. Um, some things going on in my life that's going to make my life a lot easier. So I uh, should be here a lot more often, not so scattered. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, important stuff and stuff that uh, you know, uh, definitely listening and. We're going to all have opinions, and, um, you know, it's going to be a good discussion because uh, this stuff matters, and uh, sometimes we were dry on the news, and, you know, it's been like that for a little, but uh, we got some we got some uh, actual conversation topics, and, uh, you know, we've been uh, talking about it and studying up on it, so it should be an interesting discussion. Mm -hmm. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, you know, the summer can be a little dry, of course. You know, everybody... Uh is on vacation in the game industry, and it, it just tends to be a very slower time period news-wise. But, you know, we've had news pop up, and we've had a lot of interesting topics over the past few weeks, and uh, tonight is, uh, you know, the same thing. Uh, let's see, who else do we got here? Centurion, pal, how have you been? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um... Playing some games, trying to learn to relax and de-stress and all that good, fun stuff in between. Uh, but, yeah, I've been enjoying Bright Memory Infinite, um, playing, obviously, the regular ESO thing. Also been hammering out the Sherlock Holmes games. Those are actually really growing on me. I already got done with Crime and Punishment, now doing The Devil's Daughter. Um, just having a fun time, just uh, playing some new style, just checking out gaming and what it has to offer mm -hmm. yeah yeah no that's great no that's uh, great that you're getting some gaming in uh i think i put a couple hours into as dusk falls which again interesting game uh but i, I couldn't get to a lot of gaming unfortunately this week hopefully uh this coming week i'll be able to get into a little more gaming than i did uh let's see moving on here eric shockley buddy how have you been Mm, my uh let's see shock is your uh mic on or sorry are you muted hmm. maybe he's not around we'll get to him in a bit uh, can you hear me oh there you are yeah. pal yeah okay i think i was muted on that <laughs> um no just been getting back into uh some uh gaming went back to my uh 
3DS to start up. I never played the first. Uh, I played a bunch of the others, uh, like Shimagami Tensei uh, ports, whether it like, be Persona or the mainline. But I uh, went back to uh, Soul Hackers on the 3DS um, since, you know, get ready for the uh, Soul Hackers 2, which happens to be actually coming to the Xbox here soon, I think this i think this month um is when that drops but definitely wanted to get through that and get ready for the uh the sequel and hopefully support it on xbox and hopefully uh more atlas games like persona and <laughs> and soul hackers comes uh keeps or keeps coming to the xbox now that we have them so but yeah can i ask shockley a quick question possibly um would you recommend playing vanquish uh i own it recently from a i think one of the sales they did uh, um I, uh, I haven't played it i can interject here yes vanquish is awesome it's uh, it's probably my favorite um platinum games uh, title it's uh got all kinds of action very fast paced might be on sale right now it is on sale. It's come up on okay. my radar. Radar. I'm not interested in the bayonetta, the bayonetta package one, but I just want to get Vanquish by itself. Um, I'm just like any try anything you try to find about it is ex either at least 11 years old or very vague. Over the co over the top cover shooter. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It has some cheesy dialogue, but honestly, it it's uh it's a good one. It's a good one. I'd highly recommend it. Okay. All right. No. Yeah. You know, if you can snag it, I think I, I can't. I think it was on uh, Games with Gold, if I'm not mistaken, a few years back. So yeah, oh, like the uh, 360 version. Yeah. Yeah, the 360 version was on Games with Gold, and the remastered version uh, is ten bucks right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd grab it for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good price. I would. Uh, I I would snag that up. Yeah. Go for it, since especially you're if you have the uh, those that reward points punch card, if it's still up. <laughs> I think you had to spend like fifty bucks though to get five thousand points back. Oh, I, yeah, I did that getting the Sherlock package. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, cool, nice, nice. Uh, just so everyone knows, uh, Crusader and General MLD will not be here tonight. They'll probably be back next week though. They're just uh, a little busy at their ends doing various things. Uh, Crusader's a little under the weather at the moment, but. Uh, Hey, you know, I hope he feels better soon. And, hey, those guys will be in action very, very soon. And, hey, guys, again, you can find us on various other platforms. As far as the audio platforms go, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a large number of others. Certainly check us out there for your TXR on the go if you can't make a live show. And we're also available on a number of other video platforms such as Rumble, BitChute, and so on. So, hey, give us a follow there if you're on those platforms. As well, just checking in with the chat. Oh, hey, guys, we got Pixel Slapper, Peng911. Who else? Mike Stinger from NLG. Great to have you here, brother. GUG representing Toolman. And, of course, TXR's very own Jeff Bartram's in the house. Hey, Doc Cupcake. Ducky! <laughs> great to see you man great to see you. we gotta have you back on man you're always uh you're a hoot to talk with and uh you know i just love your energy great great fella guys you should certainly follow him all right but uh you know what with all that said why don't we get started here talking about our first bit of news and a few days ago microsoft and sony 
uh, had announced their earnings uh, for the last quarter. Granted, like a whole slew of large companies did the past week, and I don't know if any of you follow like stocks. Just like a whole bunch of different company earnings were uh, were released, and even next week it's supposed to be pretty big. Anyways, overall, Microsoft did better than expected. However, the Xbox division, well, it didn't fare as well, at least uh, when it comes to certain statistics. Uh, Gaming revenue fell down 7%, and Xbox content and services revenue saw a decline of 6%. Hardware fell by 11%, but Microsoft overall is doing okay. Actually, they, they rebounded, to be honest. And Sony's PlayStation division didn't fare much better. Uh, PlayStation revenues dipped down by 2%, with game sales across both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 decreasing significantly. Now, I will start off here with Tim. Uh, Buddy, clearly there are larger economic factors at play here. And both Xbox and PlayStation, they're, you know, they're weathering things out, weathering out the storm in different manners. But uh, do you think we'll see like a a turnaround soon or is this like a longer play for them? Well, listen, I think this is going to be a large topic. I think we're going to cover it. Centurion, I know, has been doing some research on it and uh we were talking about a pre uh pre-show we also talked about it in the uh, group chat mm-hmm. uh there's a lot to cover here now <clears throat> there's two sides to this uh the sony side there's xbox side now i'm going to go through the xbox stuff uh and then i will comment on the sony stuff uh maybe centurion uh will, will uh, add some stuff in and uh, of course the rest of the panel um but on the, you have to realize and this goes for both that they're going year over year, um, which, if you look at it, in 2021, that's still a pandemic stage. So people were still gaming or getting into gaming because of um, the restrictions that were going on, uh, going outside and stuff like that. So this isn't as bad as it seems um, on both ends. Um, I think Sony's a, there's a little more diving into it that you have to go into it because their profits dropped 37%, and that's uh, a lot. Uh, their monthly active users also dropped 2%. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, 2 million, I'm sorry. Uh, two, I think they were 106, dropped like 102, 104. But... Uh, yeah, I have to go from the backdrop that they. this is coming from a time in 2021 where a lot of people were jumping into gaming and it was at an all-time high for gaming. So by, by judging that um, with Xbox, this was still their second biggest fourth quarter um, ever. So followed by 2021. So... Even though they were all down, the numbers are much higher or generally higher than the rest of the years Xbox was, you know, was in, you know, was going on. So, you know, it 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 out it beat basically every other year but 2021. Uh, also, they've had their biggest year on uh, being that this is quarter five, uh, four. This is the closeout, and this is their biggest year ever. At 16. Point, I believe it's 16.4 or 16.2 billion dollars. Um, so that was the biggest quarter uh, uh, biggest year uh, ever. So the, the basic thing here that you have to take away is that 
Xbox is doing very good. Game, uh, Game Pass also uh, grew, which was uh, something that was at the end of it. They, they said that uh, uh, Amy Hood uh, talked about that. Um, so they're growing in Game Pass. Uh, Xbox, just in general, um, considering um, the, the, the delays that they've had and, and the uh, just the lack of AAA games, uh, you come away from this uh, very happy in, in a way because they haven't even started, uh, you know, really dropping the games at a, at, a, at a serious rate. That's coming. We all know that. We've all dissected that over three times over. But to do this in this day and age where, you know, we were always said that we were always told that single player gaming drives gaming and, uh, you know, gas is bad and, and all this stuff. But there's a lot of changes going on. And um, it seems like Xbox's model really um, is sustaining and uh, for the future, uh, especially when they get games, um, you could really start to see them making a lot of progress and uh, doing very well. So I think the outlook overall for Xbox, even though it was down, um, and you also have to uh, consider that we are going in a downturn in, in the economy that goes for Sony too. So, so people spending money on stuff like this, recreational stuff is going down. Considering all that, I think for both Sony and Xbox, they're fine. Um, I think Xbox is definitely looking better. Uh, Satya Nadella also referred to them, uh, you know, um, you know, winning this. This is their third quarter in a row in America winning, uh, which is basically almost a year of them winning in North America, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, uh, considering the shortages and everything, even so, that's very impressive. And, uh, you know, we just had... Uh, a quarter in which they released Gran Turismo 7, Sifu, and even though Sifu is a double A game, not a big, you know, a big game, but they also had one of their biggest games, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, um, which sounds yeah. like both of those games underperformed. Um, but but overall, uh, not to get too long-winded on it, I think there's there's reason for optimism on Xbox's side. Uh, but, you know, we also have to consider now that things might change just overall in the economy uh, because we might be going through a recession and, uh, you know, it's still it's still uh, to, to be debated if they're going to do well. But I think uh, my opinion, my analysis, uh, Xbox is really in the driver's seat right now. I don't think they're, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, there are about 16 billion console, uh, 16 million console. Sony's at 21, so I don't think they're ever going to win in that area. But I do think that there's going to. I think Xbox is headed to be number one in revenue, possibly. They don't really talk about profit and stuff like that, but I do think that they could be the most. They're headed to be the most lucrative game company, especially if Activision closes. Uh, so just just overall. Um, that's what I've took for the numbers. Now, Centurion, I know that you said that you did some research on the Sony's end. Um, my take on Sony is that there's a little more uh, to to take away from there negatively um, because the number of 37% of profit loss is definitely, uh, you know, uh, I think a, a cause for 
you know, concern. Uh, and what do you guys think about that uh, and Sony's side and Xbox's side? Uh, I'd like to hear the rest of the panel. But that's basically my summation on Xbox, and I'd like to hear what you guys have to say on Sony's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please, uh, Centurion, go right ahead. I'd love to hear uh, your take on it. Um, man, there's a lot to be to considered. Um, so before we do go into it, like I like how Tim Dog did point out that we saw probably one of the 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 biggest moments in gaming very recently when it comes to hype because of the pandemic. Everybody was staying home. They needed something to do. They all turned to gaming. Um, you know, and as being a fan of wrestling, I've seen this before in the Attitude Era when there was literally at the time wwf events that were taking place on monday night that were outperforming monday night football that that's a pretty big statement now obviously they don't get those numbers anymore because that golden age passed so you you know that eventually uh the people who stayed home during the pandemic and turned to gaming well, we all saw that, see that things are kind of winding down and everybody's going back to work. There's a number of reasons. Uh, even Sony touched on that. Uh, but, yeah, when you start digging into the meat and potatoes of it, um, they're saying that the PlayStation division operating income has been nearly cut in half. Um, and then you get over at Benji Sales where, yeah, uh, Tim Dog said it, profit decreased by 37%. Um, and it seems that for whatever reason – People are buying PlayStations, but they're not buying um, a large amount of first-party software to go with them. Um, like, let me see. It said, let's see, 2.4 million PS5s shipped, and that means 21.7 million uh, lifetime sales for the PS5. But for some reason, uh, first-party software was at 6.4 million. Um, that's a very low number, and that's where it's very interesting like are we seeing all this hype on the internet for playstation and what they're doing but no one's out going out buying the software because they actually do feel a certain way about the 70 dollars price tag on games um when you look at the numbers going on with playstation you can see clearly why jim ryan is starting to want it wanting to advance putting the exclusive titles on pc uh, you can see now why they have redone things to start trying to follow that route that Microsoft has been following for for years. You know, when you're out there, when you're at your job, you're told to work smarter, not harder. Well, Sony has been banking on exclusive titles for a very long time, and they have been completely shutting uh, PC out. And meanwhile, you like Tim Dog said, Microsoft is well on their way to being probably the number one performing game revenue company um, out there. And obviously, PlayStation is having to work extremely hard. And, you know, I just don't see the sales numbers to support what people say they're doing on PlayStation. We just uh, see more stuff of people singing to their PlayStation controller. But... <laughs> Mm, you know, I, I guess so. <laughs> I, I know. What? I think it's a very good point, and and you know, I wanted us to talk about. I wanted. I'm I'm happy that you brought that up, because what you just described is what the bread and butter of what the Sony fans have told us that the reason why it does so successful and the reason why buying the system, where just going by the numbers this time, that's that's not telling that story. And and kind of uh, it's it's definitely curious 
because um, it blows against everything that they say, you know, and I think that, you know, you brought that up. That's completely what I was thinking. Like, you know, was isn't that why the, everyone gets a PlayStation was supposedly because of their first party exclusives and this and that? Well, the numbers sure didn't show at this time. And um, PlayStation is still a very popular brand. Um, but uh, the first party, you know, that argument really took a hit. And really, there's a lot of questions right now. And there's no way to avoid them, you know, because we heard for years that was the reason why Xbox wasn't selling, and that was the, the bread and butter of, of Sony. So, yeah, you bring up some great points, and, and I'm well, glad the you... other one that has me confused is we all saw last generation Microsoft took the stance of reporting active users versus sales, while PlayStation kept up, hey, we're selling, we're selling, we're selling. Well, this generation, we all know since the beginning of the generation, scalping has been the number one issue when it comes to obtaining these consoles. And we've all seen the photos from all different parts of the regions of the world of people with stacks of scalped PS5s just waiting to be sold. So when I see that number of like, hey, we sold more PS5s, hey, cool. But I would rather know on the other side of what are the active users? Like how many of those consoles are up and running in the customer's homes and not just sitting somewhere waiting to be hawked on Walmart, eBay, Amazon? Um, it, it, like, I mean, be, that's where I've always wondered. Like I, they're always touting, we've got, we've got this many sold. Hey, cool. That's great. You sold them. Are they being used or are they just waiting somewhere in standby for them to end up in the consumer's hands? Um, that's where I've really enjoyed and kind of embraced what Microsoft has done with the active user thing because Microsoft wants people to actually see how active the ecosystem is and how engaged consumers are with the ecosystem. That's also a driving point for mm -hmm. developers. Who wants to be who wants to work their ass off to put put a game on a on a platform that doesn't really give you clear numbers on if people are really going to interact with your software? Yeah. Um, my, no, just to interject, know? just to interject, uh, you're right. Uh, the active monthly users for PlayStation Network, uh, they're down uh, significantly. And apparently it's, it's the lowest figure for Sony since they, they started sharing the details back in 2020. So, and a lot of people are speculating that it has to do with, again, a lack of uh, first-party titles on PlayStation's part. So... No, well, continue. I'm just, I'm just supporting. No, there your is, end. <laughs> there is, there may not be a lot of first party titles, but I even bought um, Horizon uh, Forbidden West. I still need to play it because I've got ADD, but um, I still was there and bought it. Um, but that's interesting that you know, in the first quarter, we did have Horizon uh, Forbidden West. We actually did have some titles there that should have at least drove some numbers, and we just didn't see that. Now, is that because Again, are people really um, wanting to take a stance on this $70 price tag thing? Um, and then we're also starting to see, like, inflation. Inflation is the number one problem in the world right now. Nobody yeah. can avoid it. It's affecting all industries. Um, and I put out a tweet last night saying, I've been championing Xbox, Sony, and other tech companies for weathering the storm of inflation without having to go and raise the price of their products. But now for the first time, we saw over on the meta side with Facebook, uh, they raised the price of the Oculus. 
Um, and now, yeah. And now we also heard about during the phone call with Sony during their quarter results. Um, the question was asked, are we going to raise the price of hardware sales? And we pretty much got a, uh, we'll get back to you on that. Like that mm -hmm. means that it is not off the table. I'm not going to say that Microsoft isn't going to do that. Microsoft actually makes a lot of money. They're not codependent on the, on the success of the Xbox uh, brand to be able to yeah. function. So technically Microsoft has the ability to absorb a lot of that inflation and basically make the money up elsewhere where yes. Sony over half of Sony is codependent on the success of the PlayStation brand. Well, what um, I would say to add to that is, I mean, Microsoft stock actually bounced back because uh, there's more confidence in Microsoft going forward because they're stronger in a lot of other positions because they support a lot of uh, underlining uh, facets of other industries, uh, computer software, their uh, cloud services as well. And that's going to be a big drive for them going forward. I mean, gaming is going to be huge for them, obviously, in the next uh, couple of years. But uh, they've really uh, done a good job of uh, transitioning from where they were before, like 10 years ago. They're in a much better position. Uh, Sony, on the other hand, not so much uh, uh, because they're more traditional in the aspects of their business, whereas Microsoft is, well, they're a behemoth, but again, they've been... The, again, uh, people are going to be using and companies are going to be using their services more because uh, their stuff is more practical, whereas Sony, well, maybe not so much. Uh, but then you also have to look at Game Pass, too. Game Pass, um, I think a lot of people, because of the inflation that everybody's uh, been talking about, you know, that's going to be a thing for, unfortunately, probably a long period of time, if I was to speculate. And more people are going to be cutting down on, if it's not their consumption, it, it's going to be their, you know, the amount of games that they're purchasing. Uh, they're probably going to cut down on, uh, you know, the games that they're buying day one. And, you know, they're going to look at these services like, oh, yeah, with Game Pass, I get all these big games and smaller games. I, I get a be better basket of titles, whereas... Well, you know, I, I just don't want to buy a single game at this price. And then as soon as I buy it, it depreciates in value. So. Oh, well, we all hear about the like the, the term recession proof jobs. Um, and that's because, you know, something that people continuously rely on and will, will shell out money for even during a recession. I hate saying the word recession, but in my industry, I have been consecutively having to raise prices pretty much, if not every month, every couple of months on products. Uh, I have not seen price increases like this in, I've worked for the company for 15, 16 years. I've never seen stuff like this on this scale since the pandemic started. Um, and that's why I've completely been a little shocked that the tech companies have been absorbing as much as they can um, and yeah, regretfully, the only way for this inflation monster to stop worldwide is I don't want to throw the word recession out there, but people are going to have to stop spending money. And there has to be pretty much the proverbial bubble needs to pop. I'm not trying to be the yeah. guy that to go out there and kind of basically kind of throw the bad news out there. But I mean, like I have products that I sell that have quadrupled 
in the cost just to get them on the floor of the facility just to sell to the pu- to the public and that's where i'm just like i'm just a realist um so this is where um this is where the numbers don't lie i mean the the cost of living is completely outpacing the the working wage that people are making and right now when you've got to worry about your housing your prescriptions and your food gaming is kind of get coming somewhere very near the end of priorities and that's where something like game pass is a lot easier to stomach oh i can throw 15 dollars a month at something and you know what i'm sorry but yeah people are going to have the internet they are going to have to have the internet um like most jobs nowadays especially remote jobs you need the the internet you need to have some form of the internet in your life so you're already flipping the bill for the internet now you want to have a little bit of fun with that too so for an extra 15 dollars a month you will have umpteen games at your disposal and developers are probably going to start seeing this this trend of where they're just going to people are going to rely on game pass for entertainment because of the way things are going right now so you might see a lot of developers want to start following this trend and be like all right um sales are down for the games we're going to start putting more stuff in game pass so that way we can at least get user engagement and that 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 upfront paycheck Mm -hmm. Uh yeah one thing I just wanted to piggyback on what you said um, about the, the, the price hike um, and how it differs from Xbox to Sony. Uh, yeah, the Xbox is only 12%, I believe, of uh, the, the their profit so or part of their company, whereas Sony is over 50%. So something like that, like a, pri- a price raise or something like that, wouldn't be so you know, critical for Xbox to consider they could absorb it, like you said, where Sony really being faced by this is so much part of their income might have to consider maybe raising the price of um, the digital, in my opinion. That's what I think that if they do anything, they would, $50 and making it $449. Um, and it's this is nothing to do with anything other than um, Sony's definitely getting squeezed, and these te- tech companies are getting squeezed by all the stuff that you just mentioned. You mentioned you just basically, you know, uh, ran it down. Inflation's at like eight percent. Cost of living and wages are only increasing four percent, and that's if you're lucky. Some could be three percent, some could be two percent. So it's very uh, volatile times, and um, if there is a price hike. Uh, you know, of course, it'll be fanboyed and 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 you know went over. But you know, uh, this is maybe why you're seeing things like the seventy dollars for a Last of Us remake. It's just uh... <laughs> so. Um, here's some numbers I'll kind of like because of me being in Arizona and the situation that was created by the pandemic from everybody leaving California. Uh, the cost of housing is up over fifty four percent. The cost of rent is up over 24 uh 22% and the average wage has only gone up 10%. Mhm, right. There you go. I, 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 well, I, this my, is how we fight into the, the video games. Go ahead. Right. No, I was just going to say the guy I work for um went and had his house appraised that he has that he has had for years since I met him. He built this house from the ground up. It's a beautiful home, 2000 some square feet. He could not afford to buy a house like that today if he had to. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he bought. Luckily, he built it. Yeah, the house is worth a lot of money, 
but he wouldn't be able to afford buying a house like that today. Um, and that was completely mind blowing to him. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a big situation going on with people's money right now. And the numbers are starting to really show it. And PlayStation, this is a classic example of why you should never put all your eggs in one basket, because if the bottom falls out of that basket, you got a problem. This is why we see, like, I don't know why everybody always faults Microsoft for being this big behemoth, air quotation marks, when it's literally, it's actually a classic example of this is good business. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify, diversify as much as you can. We actually see that with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He has seven bucks seven bucks productions he's also one of the highest paid movie actors in the world right now he also has a tequila line he sponsors stuff for under armor he even sells headphones that man is everywhere like that's where that's the whole concept of being able to bolster yourself and not and not making one thing your number one priority and that's where it definitely gets a little interesting when you see how heavily sony relies on the playstation brand and just to add on to what you're saying centurion i mean you're just talking about you know one geographic area you know arizona you know the u.s uh you know the inflation there is pretty high i know in canada here too the inflation is the highest that it's been since the 1980s if i'm not mistaken and worldwide uh, you know people are going through uncertainties as well you know some worse with their inflation some a little less but uh there's a lot of uncertainty right now a lot of financial uncertainty and you're seeing that in you know that's why we're talking about uh, these game revenues for both microsoft and sony because again everything bleeds into everything at this point in these businesses and these publishers, well, you know, right now they're going to start to feel it. But, you know, I, I got to tell you guys, uh, you know, not to be a pessimist, but, you know, in the coming months, I don't know if things are going to be any better, especially, I mean, you know, the saying goes, if the U.S. sneezes, the world catches a cold. So whatever happens at your end. Yeah, it's gonna be a little, it could be very rough, uh, rough goings just for not only, uh, you know, the industry, video game industry, but just all over i mean i know this this sounds like we're you know uh you know uh, uh economic uh po- podcast but the, mm. the bottom line is this all ties into you know uh very real stuff for well, it's realistic right so right and it ties into it and it could definitely affect it could it could definitely affect you know uh game production it can it can affect uh, a lot of things that you know we want and love, you know. Um, I think it'll all turn out. It's just just a, a particularly downtime. Um, I think this holiday uh, things will definitely start to cook up, and I think for uh, for Xbox, I think Sony will have God of War, which will help them a lot. And then the Xbox, I really feel um, they're going to just you know, you know, they mm-hmm. should set things straight in 2023 because. Uh, uh, there was also a lot of frustration before this um, with Xbox standing in games, even though Game Pass has been great. People are noticing the AAA or lack of AAA, and people are just like, wow, we got to wait another six months, um, which, like, I, I talked about on my Twitter. And, you know, there was a lot of pissy people. Um, but, you know, it's just all because we're passionate. You know, we're just really trying to cover this whole thing. Uh, it's a tough – it's a, when, it, when it, it's, it's easy to say – 
oh, everything's great when the, those are the fun ones. But, you know, when we get like something like this, where you see down 37%, down 11% for Xbox, um, you know, some people want to run away with it. You know, I saw Sony fanboys making fun of the Xbox reports. And then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this person's going to sure enough, you know, you know, eat, eat their words in a couple of days. And sure enough. Yeah. You know, they were making like oh they were trolling the uh, Sony making it a big joke but you know that it was you know it, it, the numbers don't lie and um uh you know just some curious things that are coming out like you know maybe sometimes what we talk about and what we think are just really not the driving forces other things like just maybe just people just want to have a system is the reason why or because one system's more popular I, I definitely think that Xbox suffered that last generation like it's like kind of like high school like you know like people just went with the popular console I feel without doing any kind of research and um that's why Xbox one was like such a disaster was it had such bad word of mouth and it carried around for such a long time. Uh, whereas, you know, they kind of really fixed that image and now they have, you know, this good all around image, it seems like, and, you know, they're, they're getting this, this, you know, like, like Torian was talking about, uh, like this, the value of game pass and stuff like that. Like now people will just, you know, they're blanketly, uh, they'll blanketly buy just on things that they hear and what the, you know, what's going around being said. I've always mm -hmm. said that people buy blind, just just what's popular and what's, you know, you know, going on at the current moment. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, we have a super chat from Carlos Alvarado for one ninety nine. Thank you very much, buddy. Always appreciate it, Carlos. He says monthly active users down PlayStation plus lost a hundred thousand subs. Really? I didn't realize it was that much. Very interesting. Thanks for the information there, Carlos. Uh, Eric Shockley, buddy, uh, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, Centurion and Tim Dog had uh, some really good information there. Uh, what are your thoughts on, again, the different game revenues that are uh, that were shared by uh, Microsoft and Sony? Um, you know, uh, what you know, what do you think? How, how do you think things are going to fare for them uh, down like what the next six months, something like that? You, do you think things are going to pick up for both companies or uh, they're going to have to kind of weather out the uh, economic storm? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think, yeah, definitely both of them will have uh, probably uptick here since we're going down the uh, home stretch with the holiday season looming as well. Um, plus, you have Sony with God of War. You know, hopefully, still making it for November. Um, so yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it, it could have been just like during this past like quarter. This is when we probably saw the like highest spike with like gas prices, which also then led into you know your food supply and everything else. Um, so that's probably why both of them were because both of them it seemed like the news was very similar of like, hey, this is down. Here, you know, pretty much across the board uh, for most most of the revenues. Um, but then I guess the silver lining was, I guess, uh, Game Pass was, like, still up and, like, countering some of the loss. Um, so that's good to hear. So hopefully there's, when they release the next batch of numbers, we'll hear hopefully possibly what it's still growing to. Um, but, yeah, I, I am interested to see... Because I know Microsoft's been a big thing. Not that they've, I don't think they've made any 
uh, quotes about it, the whole $60, $70 game thing. Um, they just happened to, you know, hey, our games are going to Game Pass, so yeah, we'll just keep it at 60 But, you know, they are about to, seems like, close the deal on Activision here soon. And we know those Activision games have been $70. <laughs> so I wonder when they close that, are the Activision games like Call of Duty going to stay at 70 or and then you have all these other Microsoft games still at sixty, or how they're gonna, you know, and game handle pass. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it wouldn't really matter at least to Xbox players in a sense. It would be a you know talking point of like, hey, you know, you guys are paying seventy, but then again, you're not if you're a Game Pass subscriber. But um, yeah, it would be interesting since that publisher's already kind of made their stance known. Um, yeah, but overall, I don't. And it, uh, I think uh, Benji Sales made a good point of, you know, these. Yeah, the numbers might be down from the previous. I don't know if they were counting it from the previous quarter or just year over year. Um, but he made a point, and they showed the graph. It's still doing really well. <laughs> it's still right up there with I think their second highest reported. It just wasn't their last one. Was like the one that was like their highest on record so this one just wasn't topping the previous record but it's still like i think their second highest um so it's overall still good numbers so um but that's good to see when they don't have like any first party games this year and people pretty much have known that or i mean you, you were hopeful that you might get redfall and starfield um you know during this because that news only came out recently obviously Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean overall for them to have like no presence in the first party at least releasing in that same quarter when you had mike or uh, sony dropping games and actually getting back more stock around that time yet they're doing you know they're keeping on moving <laughs> so it's surprising coming off of that gen they did come off of and i mean for the most part they haven't really dropped which is, you know, it is a big negative. So they need to make sure that, hey, Redfill, Redfall and, uh, you know, Starfield hit in that first half of the year and don't <laughs> delay even further. Um, and then they need to make sure they have a second half, you know, finish to kind of make up and not just be Redfall and Star Starfield for the whole 2023. Um, but yeah, if they can just from now on <laughs> not have a gap of where there's years where there's nothing. Um, starting with Starfield and Redfall, that's going to carry them over. So I don't think they'll really have to, anything to worry about by that point. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh, again, it is disappointing that we won't see those titles uh, at the tail end of this year. But hey, we're going to get them next year. Uh, it looks like everything is going into next year at this point. Uh, you know, I think every publisher is uh, guilty of that <laughs> right now. But, uh, again, it's hard to fault the developers uh, and publishers at this point. Uh, you know, game development has been a struggle the past couple of years. And, you know, uh, we'll get into some other news probably in a few minutes. But, you know, again, things take time. Some things get announced too early. There's a little more ambition. And, you know, unfortunately, things do have to be pushed back. But, Again, I, I personally don't mind, for the most part, a pushback game as long as uh, it's made well, <laughs> right? So, hey, no problems on my end there. 
Um, guys, any other thoughts on this? Uh, again, this uh, going over the uh, Microsoft Sony game revenue. I mean, it, you know, again, they are going down, but I think both are generally in a healthy position uh, going forward. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. Any other thoughts? All right. All right, we'll move on then, but uh, great discussion, great discussion overall, and either way, I think the game industry is pretty healthy, and uh, I don't think Sony and Microsoft, they have anything to worry about, just, again, just a downtrend, the economic times, unfortunately, but uh, again, I'm hopeful, and uh, there's a lot of good games coming out, uh, for sure. Uh, guys, again, everybody in the chat, everybody just tuning in, uh, it's great to have you here, and hey, you know what, please drop us a like and share this out to let everybody know that we are live. It would be great to have more people join the show, and hey, sub to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, again, it's great seeing the new faces and all the familiar ones too, just, uh, you know, uh, really appreciate you stopping by. All right, uh, let's see. We will move over to some, well, again, rather disappointing news, as I was saying a minute before. And we need to talk about some game delays. And first up, we have reports coming out that Knights of the Old Republic, uh, the remake, is indefinitely delayed. Uh, many seem surprised by this news, but there's stuff coming out about developer Aspire Media having issues behind the scenes. Uh, Centurion Pal, I'll pick your brain on this one. What are your impressions of this news? I mean, considering the reports of big shakeups at Aspire. Um, I could sum it up for you in a statement, and this isn't trying to dig at anybody, but this is Sony's platinum game situation. The, I mean, <laughs> please do tell. Let's let's just be like, I mean, like, look at it. Everybody thought, like, you know. It's just like, this is what happens when you make a third-party deal and somebody didn't know what they were doing. I mean, we all remember what that happened with uh, Platinum Games and, uh, oh, my God, Scalebound. Like, <clears throat> that that was a really tragic situation which happened with Scalebound. And we all saw that uh, Scalebound got shelved. Now we're seeing this potentially happening to a staple in gaming. And I'm not talking the developer. I'm talking Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic kind of set the bar for what is a Star Wars uh, classic experience. I mean, the ability to choose whether you want to be a hero or a bad guy, a smuggler, or um, if you want to be uh, a force wielder. Do you want to go Sith? Do you want to go Jedi? Um, it was a, it was like one of the most immersive star wars experiences at the time it really helped set xbox apart from the rest of the competition because um wasn't it like at least a timed exclusive i know the second game was like multi-plat but the um but the first game itself i believe was like timed exclusive at i least. believe so i because i remember and, it was a big deal for xbox at the time oh dude it was one of the main reasons why i got an xbox i went over and played like the first hour of the game with a friend um, and then I literally went out and hustled my butt off to get a to get an original Xbox. And um, the first game I picked up was uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And I sat there and played that game until I, I mean, I, I beat the game and then started over. Um, 
it's really sad that we're starting to see this happen to such a great title because um, we all saw they fired two. I know they fired the the art director. Which was the second one? God. Uh, they fired. So let's see. Uh, they fired the design director Brad Smith and the art director Jason Miner. They were both let go. Yeah, and and the funny part is their their firing came after. Uh, the, at least the developers thought were on a high note. If you read the articles, the developers had just dealt, had just done the vertical slice that was shown to LucasArts and uh, Sony. Um, I don't know how LucasArts and Sony took that vertical slice, uh, like what their impressions were. But shortly after this was shown, we saw two uh, major directors for the game get fired. Um, and pretty much um, the developer of the game itself came out and said that it was going to be delayed indefinitely because it wasn't where they wanted to be. Creating this vertical slice apparently came at a huge cost for the game's budget. And one thing that really, really um, kind of, which was all confusing us because anybody who's a gaming fan, anybody who enjoys gaming and doesn't believe that it needs to be this this huge like idea of just crunching a game out um we all thought it was very ambitious that they were going to try to come out with this game by the end of this year when it was literally revealed to us last year um and like the developers themselves even said that a 2025 uh launch of the game was a more realistic um dates for the game but for whatever reason nobody wanted to give them the three extra years they wanted them to grind this game out in two um it's really tragic to see what's happening over at this developer they bit off way more than they can chew uh everybody um was aspire is their name yeah that's correct aspire media yeah, everybody was confused when aspire came out and said that we're, we're doing the game when they're like a pc port company um, and we all know you got to grow, you got to try to tackle something, but you don't go after like a game like KOTOR as your first tackle. Um, and that's where, um, I've heard rumors now that we all know Saber Interactive was a support studio for them. Um, now there's rumors floating around that Saber Interactive could potentially be taking over this whole pro project. But we all know that Saber themselves are in are engrossed in their own games that they've already been developing. Um, I believe one of them is even Space Marine Two, yes. uh, which is supposed to be a big game for them. Which which at this point means that Kotor is not going to be a priority for Saber, even if they are working on it. And yeah, that means this game is definitely not coming out this year. Nobody knows when it's going to come out, or even if it ever will. Um, it's really sad, in my opinion. I've said it multiple times that we're seeing this happen. Um, but I, at the same time, you also have to chuckle and laugh because we've all heard the comments. Oh, Phil Spencer has no control over the studios under their umbrella. They just let them do whatever they want. And obviously Scalebound was a victim of this. Well, we all see now that Sony can do this too. This is this is something that happens in the game industry. No company is immune to it, no matter how deep their pocketbook is or how big you are. And um, regretfully, this just involved a very loved franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, there's a lot of things at fault here, but I'm hearing of a bad timeline 
that Aspire Media, they supposedly told, uh, like, their partners for the game, I'm assuming Sony and uh, LucasArts, Disney, that the game could be released later this year. Uh, while, like, the development staff uh, behind the scenes were suggesting something as far as 2025, and, uh, you know, that's another three years off. So, uh, you know, there's some definitely uh, some fudging of the numbers going on here, uh, which is unfortunate, Centurion. Uh, let's see, let's see. Oh, Jeff Bartram in the chat with the 10, well, $9.99, almost $10 super chat. Thank you, thank you, pal. That's awesome. Uh, he says, three years in development and the demo submitted to Sony and Lucas flops. Very telling. Yeah, yeah, I got It's very disappointing and uh, very telling, as you said. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I'm thinking that also that there hasn't been, like, um, this sounds like I, I hate to say it. This sounds like this this game is not going to be developed. Um, it sounds like it's on very shaky feet right now, um, and there hasn't been any kind of reassurance after the initial report. Um, you know, uh, the funny thing is, is that Sony people, Sony fanboys, were acting like this was exclusive. Um, it was never exclusive. It was one of these uh, money hat deals for a year exclusivity or a certain amount of time and then it was going to come to xbox um but uh yeah this isn't good the, the, the all the they, they lost their uh, technical director i believe an art director uh completely taken off the project um and delayed indefinitely which really means to me that, that i i i can't see that this game is going to get off its feet uh supposedly uh, Saber Interactive took some, uh, you know, they they took some uh, on some uh, contract work, and some of their people were like, "Well, they took more of a, uh, you know, a presence." Uh, you know, it sounds like a complete mess. Sounds unorganized, and uh, you know, like I said, usually sometimes when you get like like a really bad report like that, if 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 they really you know want to you know. Sometimes you get some kind of reassurance or something said, like we're still fully in development, maybe a statement. Um, but this don't look good. And it's sad because it's such a slam dunk for a game. Um, you know, you just got to make it good. Uh, you know, it is a remake. So I don't know what would it be uh, entailed for it. But, you know, overall, it's... It's just a missed opportunity, it sounds like. And, um, you know, Xbox players and Sony guys and PC guys aren't going to get this game, most likely. And uh, that's, a, that's, that's a sad thing because, you know, it sounded like a go. It's been in development, like Jeff said, for, what, three years? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they, they said uh, the, to do the vertical slice or whatever they wanted was too much money or they wanted too much time. And you know, it just sounds like a complete mess, and I hate to say it. I don't. I wouldn't if you if you were looking forward to this game. I, I you know, I would definitely think uh, you might be in, in for disappointment because uh, this doesn't sound good, and uh, you know, it, it just it's it stinks that uh, you know this stuff happens, and it just goes to show you making games isn't always easy. It takes a certain type of developer, a certain type of organization and you know and and discipline to to get it done because there are a lot of these stories and 
Yeah, I think somebody mentioned scale bound in now. So, like I said, since Sony got their scale bound, but it's it's very true. And uh, you know, I was bringing it up on RDX too. You know, they also had that, even though it's totally different, that abandoned game where that's a complete mess too. <laughs> uh, you got you got you get these things. These things do happen, and it just goes to show you. Like I said, video games isn't easy and. Sometimes, you know, it's a lot easier to say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. All these promises. Yeah, that's easy to do. But then to put it to work and to show it to use, that's the hard part. And that's where it looks like Aspire got stumped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I add something real quick? Go right ahead. I just like how he said, make a good game. One of the the concerns I've had, especially that now we're seeing the game designer, uh, the director of game design and the the director of art both get fired. I've been very concerned about what Disney themselves would want to do to this mm-hmm. game yes. because the, the, the original Knights of the Old Republic was a very dark game. It's actually steeped in a lot of Sith Lord lore. And I'm I'm worried that maybe some of these game directors were trying to keep the original uh, concept of the game alive. And it probably was not going the way that the new LucasArts slash Disney wanted things to go, which probably made Sony feel a certain way. Cause we all know, like, let's just not beat around the bush that Sony likes to energy. I mean, not Sony Disney likes to interject a lot of things into the franchises that were never there. Uh, just because they, for some reason, try to follow this path of being current on social media. And I'm very, I'm actually very worried that these two individuals were fired because they were trying to keep the original core concept of the game alive. Um, and that's where, because we've heard that they're even, that they were going to change the fighting mechanic alone to, to be something more like what Final Fantasy was doing. Um, and the original game was turn-based. So we all know that one of the major core things of the gameplay were going to be altered. So therefore, the, in my opinion, the story and just the synapse of the game probably was also something that Disney wanted to fit more of the Star Wars universe that they're creating. Well, I knew that they, what was it, even going back a few months ago as well, maybe even a year, um... I remember there was a lot of discussion about the writers that they had brought in as well. And it was just kind of upsetting people too because they were thinking just because of some of the commentary uh, made by these uh, specific writers in the past that they would change up uh, some aspects to this beloved title. And as you said, Centurion, as well, you know, the way that Disney and LucasArts have been, especially Disney, you know, would they want to make it, uh, I don't want to say so much lighthearted, but, you know, would they take away a lot of that darkness that's a part of the Sith storyline and so on, right? And, you know, just what other things would they change up? Like, big changes? Who knows? But uh, the development here is pretty rocky from the sounds of things, and uh, I gotta agree with Tim. I don't even, I don't know if this gets made, and... uh you know, Sony could have, uh, you know, a big mistake on their hands. Uh, let's see, Eric, but I mean, I would love to know your opinion on this as well. Um, I mean, 
were you looking forward to this game? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on these uh, big shakeups going on with Aspire? Yeah, I was definitely uh, intrigued about it because I, I know some people uh, didn't like, I guess, the rumored direction of it going to possibly more streamlined, although it would then make those original games like more unique since they give you a whole different, you know, experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you would kind of, since we don't have too many like Western RPGs lately, um, with like the, uh, Biowares of the world that, you know, we haven't really seen anything from them for quite a while. Um, and it would be cool if they went back to how deep the like original game was, but um but yeah it sucks that uh sounds like it's gonna be even like we already knew it was far away but now it's, it sounds like we're thinking like i don't know middle of the decade or if we're lucky but uh yeah that part kind of sucks but uh um but yeah i guess just longer we have to wait on the xbox side of things but um but yeah i mean it's yeah I, they, they have so much disney has so much going on over there and they probably or just wanting to probably uh, keep some of that closer to wraps. I don't know if, if that's why some of these guys got let go, or because um, I know they've kind of mishandled the uh, whole Star Wars thing. Uh, they've they've done a couple good things there, but for the most part, people have been like <laughs> almost more angry or more angrier than the uh, they were at the prequels. Um, but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully they it goes in it good direction um from this <laughs> and isn't just a complete mess or just canceled altogether so because it, it's still people you know want this because if, if this gets canned then we're probably not ever going to get returned to this type of game whereas like if this game came out it does well then we might you know get actual like new kotor games which would be awesome because we don't have anything like that um so that would be pretty dope. So it kind of sucks in that sense for any Star Wars fans or people wanting to see like a a KOTOR game made, you know, with, you know, current uh, current gen graphics and world building and all that. Um, this is probably just even less likely that we're getting anything in that realm. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize Bummer. how many, uh, I mean, I knew it was a more of a porting studio, but I didn't realize how many Star Wars games they had uh, ported over, especially recently, like Republic Commando to the Switch and the PlayStation, uh, Force Unleashed to the Switch, uh, and a whole bunch of others, Jedi Academy and so on. I mean, you know, quite, uh, you know, they do have experience with the Star Wars brand. It's just a shame that uh, it's going this way. Too bad, just too bad. Disney cannot catch a break with the the Star Wars franchise and gaming. If we really think about it, out of all the games that they have signed off on, only one is is like you know, hey, a must play, and that's Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fallen Order is a uh, yeah. That was a big hit, obviously. I mean especially for respawn i mean that uh, really gave them uh you know uh, that it really showed that they weren't just a one-trick pony right with titanfall so and that they could branch off into uh 
but this makes it to where we're gonna look forward to the the sequel. I think it's like a Jedi Outcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that supposed to be coming out next year? I believe so. And and we all knowing Vince Zampala, his leadership style, and what he does. I I don't really see this game uh, having too much of a hitch coming out on time. I mean, like, I I, I don't see why it won't come out. It's Vince Zampala. Mm-hmm. Well, again, he's busy uh, trying to shake things up and write the uh, the ship and the direction of dice at the moment. So uh, hopefully he doesn't have his hands in too many things at the moment. Um, because I, I certainly want that Star Wars game to be as good as the first one, if not better. Um, but you know what? Seeing that Centurion as well, uh, a fairly big-timed exclusive Xbox title, Warhammer 40k Darktide, has uh, been delayed as well. Thankfully, you know, it's nothing like KOTOR is, but, uh, you know, it was set to launch in September, but the game is now pushed back on PC for November 30th, uh, with the Xbox Series versions coming out. Well, they say sometime shortly after the PC release, which, you know, it's a little vague. I mean, I hope it comes out, you know, at the very end of this year, and I'd rather it not get pushed back to a very, what's looking like a very busy and packed first half of 2023, but we'll see. Um, I'm pretty bummed about this. I know MLD was uh, the same thing. Uh, Any chance, do you think any chance this game releases at the end of the year? Oh man, I hope so. I was looking the the funny part is I'm not a big uh, Warhammer fan. I'm starting to become a bigger fan because of you guys and, and just how much you enjoy Warhammer. Um and that was where I was looking forward to just playing that game with you guys. Um Oh man, this is where I've said I really do not hinge too much on stuff anymore when mm-hmm. it comes to deadlines of games. Like when, like I'm gonna be up front when they came out that Ragnarok's coming out in November. All right, well we'll see in November. I'm not, I'm not gonna put my, I'm not gonna put my my seventy bucks down until I know for fact that that game is coming out because literally, I mean, we we were like not very far away from Redfall coming out and all of a sudden, oh, it's being delayed. And yeah, that's where I mean. I, I hate saying it, but anything can happen, man. We're st- like, there's a bunch. It's crazy times in the world, and all it takes is one sneeze to create a situation. And yeah, definitely, I really hope that this game doesn't get delayed anymore. I mean, they're just talking about it's just optimization and some polish, um, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just because you know we all got to remember, man. Uh, just recently, we saw what happened. Uh, to the value of CD Projekt Red because of Cyberpunk 2077. That that company, I believe, is worth half as much as it was before the 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 the, the Cyberpunk debacle. Um, and that pretty much taught the gaming taught gaming developers, the gaming industry, hey, just because you have the option to patch it out, doesn't mean you should always play that card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, I realize, you know, asking you what the date is, I mean, I, none of us have a crystal ball at, and, you know, knows what, oh, yeah, you know, they're going to release it this time frame. But, you know, I'll admit, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was kind of thinking that we're going to get a delay, but September was looking like a nice time frame, right? So if you look at it, though, we need something like I don't even need to sit there and say Xbox needs, but 
at least from um, a financial standpoint, somebody who's a numbers guy that looks at everything on paper, they need something to fill a little bit of a gap during the holiday season because we know that there's going to be God of War Ragnarok on the PlayStation side. So at least Xbox, um, and at least, you know, if you're a numbers guy and you're one of the executives over there, you're going to look at it more from that perspective of like, we need something. So you never know. This just might be one of the titles that they're planning to bolster their holiday season with. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's looking like Scorn and Pentiment are going to be the hallmark uh, (laughs) choices for this year for Xbox towards the end. So to high on life. Oh yeah. Yeah. High on life. That one. Yeah. If you want me to be honest, Tim high on life is like way up on my radar and that's just because I love I love games that really love the to to keep the the humor alive and push the boundaries and I don't even know if I'm going to game pass that game. There's a part of me that is like wanting to buy the game uh because I do want to support the developers because I want like this is where I'm going to come out. I want to prove Phil Spencer wrong because I know Phil Spencer does not like Conker's Bad Fur Day. And I want to prove to him that just because a game is edgy and racy doesn't mean that it's bad. I agree with you. I I have a, I would have a similar argument with Phil on that too. Sometimes I think Phil um, really kind of overvalues that stuff and um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, gets turned off by, uh, you know, certain stuff where I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta realize that sometimes that stuff is funny and people like it. People do, you know, as long as you're not really offending. And and I don't think Conker really did much offending, but he was definitely a character. Uh, but I agree with you there. I would, I would, mm-hmm. I, I would definitely would would be on your side of that argument. And I do think though, if I have a criticism of Phil, which, you know, I think everyone, when you're in his position, you're going to get criticized some way. I think he does tend to take that stuff a little too far um, and, or let it affect his opinion. Um, But as far as the subject at hand, um, you know, I do think that uh, it's going to hit this year. I do think that the PC and, uh, Xbox thing is uh, it stinks that they're not going to be aligned, but it is what it is. PC was the first development, so I could see them releasing in November and then Xbox a month later. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, all I've heard was there's no games. Uh, Xbox has no games for the rest of the year, but once one of these Xbox Game Pass game, games get delayed, uh, suddenly uh, it's a big game and it's a big deal, so I kind of uh, get a kick out of that. But um, overall, uh, I wouldn't worry too much. Um, you know, that being said, it's just, you know, I, ref- I keep talking about it. There's going to come a time where you're going to have so much games that, you you, you know, you, you're not going to know what to do. So uh, in the meantime, I guess, like I said the other day, uh, you know, you, there's nothing you can do that can move up these games or get them released earlier you know i'm sure everyone has a backlog uh they have games that they can play or figure out uh you can make do as a gamer instead of really going crazy uh and i don't think this will ever happen again uh it's just that uh, they were a victim of uh bad luck and delays and stuff like that 
which happened, especially during this time with COVID. Um, but after this, like next year and beyond, I don't think Xbox, uh, at the rate that they're growing, is ever going to have this long of a time where it's being out. Um, but uh, as far as like this game, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to High on Life. Um, there's there's games coming out on Game Pass. Uh, that Wu game, I don't think, I think that Wu game, the game made by the No uh, uh, developers, I think that game's coming uh, in January. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming mm. on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, and I'd actually argue too that uh, this game was a, uh, you know, one of those titles that was announced a little too early as well, in my opinion. So, I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, but I remember it being, you know, announced in 2020 and, uh, you know, again, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, Xbox were excited for this title, but at the same time, you know, maybe they could have kept it uh, under wraps for a little while longer, but, you know, either way, I mean, I'm, I'm psyched for it. Uh, Eric, I mean, I'd like to know your thoughts too, uh. I mean, were you excited for Dark Tide? Does it sucks that it got delayed, or or are you just in the camp that you know what you know it gets done when it gets done? Yeah, it was definitely one I was looking forward to, especially kind of to fill the get uh fill the gap for uh Stalker because I was I think it was whenever I forget I think it was twenty twenty uh, uh Xbox showcase where they first showed both of those games off, so I was definitely hyped for both of them, so. I was at least like, okay, well, Stalker's getting pushed to next year. You know, at least I have this one to look forward to. So, well, it looks like, um, looks like Game Pass is going to be busy next year. Uh, like, su- you know, supplying all those releases because they already signed all those deals. So, you're going to have a lot of Game Pass support next year, uh, with few droughts in that department. Um, you know, full as long as everything hits. Obviously, who knows more stuff going on in in the you know in ukraine so that could always change um but yeah if like all those games hit it's gonna be a busy year but yeah that kind of sucks um i know at least that's the great thing in this sense from when you used to, when i used to be like a big uh and I'm, I'm still like a big nintendo fan but um more so when i was like a really big like early in the early 2000, 2001, 2002, big like Nintendo GameCube fanboy. Um, but you had those great games, but then when you know those first party games weren't hitting, you didn't have much else to play. Like maybe a third party, uh, mostly Capcom, <laughs> would supply a game or an exclusive, but then you didn't have that third party support that like the OG Xbox was at least giving, um, and like the PS2 was getting. So that's and that's the great thing, um, and that was the kind of the Wii U's issue. It's like they had first party decent amount on rotation, but sometimes it was a few and a far between, or they would only have like one for a while, and then, um, but in those you know stop got uh, stop gaps, you, you you needed like third party, and they had like third party abandoned them in that first after that first year, pretty much. So um, that's the main. <laughs> Thing that Xbox definitely has in their camp is they have third-party, uh, you know, supplying great games in between. So soon we'll have, um, well, at least they'll have. Uh, they've already signed deals with like Persona, be hitting, but you're gonna have like the 
Calypso. Uh, uh, I came and said, is it Calypso or uh, Callisto Protocol? Like you'll have that at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some other third party games that are. I'm just blanking on that are coming up here in the next few months. So um, that's one thing. Good thing they got you know going is getting even more third parties uh, on their boat, and then that's going to help. Well, soon they'll have two <laughs> giant publishers under their belt, so they shouldn't have any issues. Period with filling. Uh, at least game pass with constant content so Mm -hmm. in that in that regard but yeah i mean that kind of kind of sucks but you know we'll get it here soon did they say they just did they say just 2023 or did they mention like first quarter or something what for dark tide dark tide yeah uh well no the pc game is scheduled to release on november 30th but they only said uh Mm. the xbox series games will release uh shortly after which i mean it could be a month later it could be a couple of weeks later i mean it could be a couple of months later it's just it's it's kind of vague i mean i'm Mm -hmm. they're saying soon i'm gonna take it as it's gonna launch maybe right at the end of december if not mid-december but you know we'll have to wait and see on that whatever they say but the problem is like i really want to play callisto protocol 2 at the beginning of uh, december so i don't know we shall see on that but again i'm a huge warhammer guy and i can't wait to play uh dark tide with all you guys here because again i know mld wants to play it i think crusader centurion uh, Tim, are you looking forward to Dark Tide? I don't know. I just took took off the thing. Um, yeah, I'm looking to Dark Tide. I am. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. It looks really, really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm also looking forward to um, High on Life. As far as for this year, high on life. Stalker two, I think, is definitely going to get delayed. So that's that's out of it. Uh, Atomic Heart looks pretty good. There's, there's a lot of games that are coming to Game Pass that have a lot of value um, or mm-hmm. seemingly a lot of value. Um, oh, Atomic Heart! Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> before you know it, you know Xbox is going to have Starfield, Redfall. And uh, Forza, and possibly the Activision deal done. Uh, even though that that's you know that's still I mean the way the FTC is going, you never know um, with these deals. But you know it's it could be really a, a crazy six months of of gaming coming up at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, either way, guys, I mean, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I, I would rather the games get delayed if, you know, just to make the games better and, uh, you know, just more playable at launch when it's ready. So, again, I, I don't mind a delay. It's just at the same time, though, it is a little disappointing if, you know, at first when you, you've you been looking forward to a title for a bit. But, again, I digress. There's lots of stuff out there still to play, whether it be from a backlog or just other titles that are popping up too, right, that you had on your radar. 
Uh, let's see, we have 47 wonderful people watching us tonight. Guys, we're only at, what, 29 likes here. Please smash that like button if you haven't already, because I want to see more of those thumbs. And uh, guys, really great action in the chat here. Love seeing all you guys uh, pop in, making your comments. Lots of good conversations happening there. And again, you're appreciated. Thank you very much for popping by. Next, uh, on to our last topic tonight, and we've got some rather interesting rumors and talk swirling around that may have some weight to it, to be honest. And according to ex-CEO uh, for IDOS Montreal, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Stéphane Destus, uh, I, I think I'm saying his name correctly. Anyways, he says that a Sony acquisition of Square Enix is coming. Uh, Eric Bud, Eric Shockley, I'm going to hit you up first on this last topic. Uh, we've heard Sony say that, well, again, in uh, the passing months, especially after the uh, announcement of the acquisition of Bungie, and actually they just completed the acquisition of Bungie, but anyways, they said that they're pursuing more studio buyouts. And when you add in the commentary from this developer, uh, what do you think the likelihood is of uh, Sony, Sony uh, snatching up the rest of Square Enix? Uh, I don't think it's like sure. It's yeah, it's definitely like a possibility. I I just don't think it would happen or at least this soon. Um, like you, I don't know. It just it would just seem like an odd choice like right now because they already have some other things in the works and um it, even if they're trying to slip slim themselves down to be purchased if like that was like their intended goal i'm sure they're gonna not just hear because the, the people that are at the top of those companies that you know get to cash in when they sell it like who have like the most either the most stock or what have you like you're not gonna just like hey yeah we'll just We'll just sell to you, Sony, for on the low end. We're not going to take any other bidders. And I don't even think you can do that because I think you have to um, be fair to the stockholders. Um, at least I'm pretty sure that's correct. You can't just uh, – <laughs> um, like if you're up for sale because um, otherwise then the stockholders, you know, you might be making <laughs> a side deal. Um but it might not be in the best interest of like people that actually have like stock in the company of like going actually for the highest, you know, bidder. Um, like if they're actually looking to sell. So and in, in in Microsoft, like it's it's not impossible. Sure, it's you have to jump through, uh, like further uh, like more hoops in that sense, uh, to like purchase like Japanese companies. Um, but now that they are even a smaller, and I mean they're still big, but now that they're even a smaller, you know, publisher, you know, maybe that's not something that, uh, and mainly the laws around to protect for like a company, kind of like it would be more so than blocking a, a, a Konami purchase because Konami makes like medical supplies and stuff that actually like affects like their, either their economy or um, like their actual citizens video games final fantasy games don't um so that's mainly what that law is there is so that like an, a foreign entity can't come in and like totally disrupt their way of life or you know something like that um so i don't even think they there's actual like 
protections or like something that's forbidden that you can't purchase Japanese companies. Um, and in this sense, you know, money talks and bullshit walks and Microsoft has a, a shit ton of money and a shit ton of like partnerships because their software is still used by basically everybody. So, um, or their servers, like you just saw Sony, like Japanese companies, including Sony, Sega, you know, doing deals with Azure. So they're like, oh, well, you, uh, you know, obviously have probably what we deem to be the best uh, cloud support. So, you know, um, so they have a lot of leeway and, you know, leverage there in that sense. Um, so, I, I mean, I I don't think it would happen. I, and if it did happen, I don't think they would just like, you know, not take any other higher <laughs> bidders because, you know, Microsoft, I'm sure, would step into like, hey, here's our, you know, offer. Um, but yeah, and, and they and I don't think Sony would really need to. They could focus on other areas of where that could actually help them because they're already getting, you know, exclusive, even when their exclusive deals are up, um, they're still uh, keeping exclusives in the sense like Final Fantasy VII Remake, number one, <laughs> still not coming to xbox that deal's over but for whatever reason they're like oh, oh no we're just gonna make a big you know thing about porting it to steam or like if that was gonna also happen and they're like yeah we're getting ready to get purchased oh but in the meantime let's just waste time to port crisis core over to xbox i mean which that in itself doesn't make any sense and then like totally avoiding xbox and let's say you have plans to it eventually they're just doing it super backwards but um but yeah why would they even bother to keep producing games um you know throughout this year if like they they could have just like totally <laughs> hadn't not been announced uh for crisis core they could have totally just like skipped that um and i think i could be wrong but uh because i know dragon quest had already been announced and like i don't know if it announced the platforms so like I could have sworn it did, but um, I would imagine with, you know, you still have Dragon Quest. It's been on Game Pass for almost two years now. So, like, you still have tie-ins <laughs> with Square. So, it would, just, it would just be odd, like, if they just literally up and left, especially when you look at the American, um, like, North America, how well Xbox is doing compared to it's pretty close. Like, they're not too far off or... Um, for like the overall like console sales like this gen or they're uh pretty close in that realm and this is like the biggest market like period yeah worldwide sales matter but like the biggest piece of that is the uh u.s market so to like hey we're just gonna like it looks like xbox is really selling well this year especially with the uh, you know series s consoles yeah well let's totally just completely exclude them from all of our games and you know not get purchased but or get you know purchased by uh, Sony, so, um, and then you potentially, obviously Sony's like paying your staff and everything, but mm -hmm. at that point you're taking in probably less revenue. You were already you're just selling to the market that you're already selling to that already knows you well anyway. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, I, I we'll see what happens, but yeah, it would just strike me as as odd if. Uh, they're just like, hey, let's just get purchased by somebody and probably make them a 
a, a deal and not take any and you'd probably have uh, like Tencent or other people that wouldn't have red tape um, if there really is any you know actually get in there and try to grab them over Sony because um, mm-hmm. I think they would even have more um, like cash on hand or you know free to invest um, mm-hmm. over like Sony or at least to like make it a competition in that sense so Mm-hmm. Well, possibly. I mean, Tencent and a few other companies. Were, Racer Group, yeah. Yeah, they were, uh, you know, they were chiming in about Activision Blizzard. So, you know, that's why Xbox had to uh, get right in there quickly before, uh, you know, the other ones did. Uh, well, no, I mean, you know, that's an interesting viewpoint. And, I, and I, I certainly do agree with you on a lot of those aspects. The only thing I would say is, I mean, PlayStation's been very, very aggressive, just, again, like other big publishers right now. And they're snatching up. Actually, they've been snatching up a lot of things in esports, for example. I mean, you know, not, what was it, last year they got involved with Evo. Uh, just what was it? A week or two ago, they announced their intentions to purchase that esports technology company, Repeat uh, GG, I think it's called. And mm-hmm. what else? Oh yeah, now they uh, there's been a recent hire actually. Uh, again, for their legal team, which a lot of people have kind of caught up on the past week. Uh, they picked up a guy named Gregory McCurdy, and he's uh, a top antitrust and public policy lawyer. So he kind of, uh, again, he gets involved with these high-profile cases, uh, like the litigation surrounding these big acquisitions. So, I mean, if they're gearing up for a big purchase, kind of like bungee size, if not maybe a little bigger, I mean, you know, I mean, to me it's not too far-fetched that Square Enix could be on the table, especially since Embracer Group just bought their Western studio, so they're not as... They're not quite the full package as what they used to be, um, which eh, could be make it a little more appealing for a publisher like uh, Sony, considering they have a lot of they already have a lot of money invested in timed exclusives like uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake and uh, Forspoken as well. So, I mean, you know, I could see them kind of protecting some of their investments that way. Uh, I'm curious about other thoughts on the panel. Uh, Tim Dog, I mean, again, we've seen uh, Sony being, well, pretty aggressive uh, lately. Uh, what do you think about these uh, talks from uh, this ex-CEO and developer at Square Enix? Because, again, you know, they would be in the know of some things. Uh, do you think Sony would uh, bite the bullet on Square Enix? Uh, I think it's very possible, um, but to be honest... Uh, with their relationship the way they have it right now, do they really need to? Because they're getting year exclusives and they're getting uh, exclusive content without owning the company and dealing with uh, all that stuff that goes on with owning. So uh, I don't know. I, I just think that uh, they're just going to have a continuation of getting favored uh, by so uh, by Square, and I think that in the end works for them better than outright buying them and owning them. Uh, I think right now, uh, especially after their the last, you know, this they lost a lot of money in the stock, and the, they might be a little bit, you know, they might not have seven billion to to really go spend on, or how much the uh, exp- how much they they would cost right now. Um, maybe if times were different. 
I think that it could definitely be possible. I still think it is possible. But again, I beg you, I ask the question, their relationship with Sony, uh, with, with Square, benefits them right now and by a lot, and they don't own, own them, and it, it still benefits them. So um, do they really want to take the you know, uh, you know, the, the next step and, you know, buy them, spend all that money and, you know, now take on all, you know, on all the employees and, you know, all the things that go along with that, you know, where they can, they, you know, where they, they, they could just have it right now the way that it is. So I don't know. I, I think that, uh, even for Xbox, I think spending right now might be a little bit on hold. Um, with these acquisitions and stuff, uh, I, I, you know, we went through the economics of everything uh, for 20 minutes, and uh, things aren't looking great all around. So uh, when that happens, sometimes people hold back, and I think that that that, that definitely can be a case here. If you know, if this was the type of thing where Xbox was actually, you know, getting to the point where hey, like they might buy Square. Or they they're threatening to get some uh, some exclusivity of their own, uh, then yeah, it might be something where they really could just just have to bite the bullet and get them under their umbrella. But again, like I said, I, I don't, you know, they have a great relationship anyway, you know, and it's working you know, for what what they have. So, uh, you know, I, I personally don't think, uh, you know, uh, it's going to happen or anything in the near future. Uh, definitely can be wrong. I just think overall, uh, I think uh, there's going to be a little higher freeze and a little bit slowing down uh, on on this type of stuff for both Xbox and Sony uh, until uh, things start to um, you know ratchet up again. You know, I mean, with Xbox, we all know that they just got to get this deal cleared and, and they're going to be golden. Um, but there's still a lot of you know, this past week, there's a lot of things that went on that makes you think that, you know, uh, they still might get some opposition here, uh, whether it be from regulators in other countries uh, or, you know, uh, Khan, who went after the Facebook deal and, and this, this, this company that cost $400 million, the, the the purchase of them. Uh, it was like a VR. I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. Uh, specifically, but you know, I watched Hogue's uh, Law's video on it, mm -hmm. and I watched a little of it, and he says nobody's safe because you know things like that happen. You know, this politics involved. So um, yeah, that's just my overall feeling on it. Um, uh, again, you know, uh, they have such a great relationship with Square. Do they really need to? That's that's my just my my main question on the whole deal. And I don't think anybody really, I don't think Sony, just the way they operate, uh, you know, they're, they're not telling anybody, hey, we're buying this or we're buying that. Uh, just like with Xbox, these type of deals have serious implications if you give, you know, uh, you know, information on deals that, that, that could happen that could affect the stock and stuff like that, so... Uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt, I would say. And also remember, they're like uh, 
seven times the employees that are at Square. It's like 5,500 versus like um, Bungie, which was like a little over 800. So it's like they're going to be taking on way more employees as well in a short, you know, in a short term. Um, I'm trying to figure out like how much it would take to purchase them because I know what they spent. 3.6 on Bungie, but I guess apparently some of that was like were as of like incentive money. Um, but yeah, since Square has trimmed down a bit, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it seems like that's probably possibly what they're doing, but um, I don't know. We'll probably hear if if that's what their uh, plan was. I, I feel like we'll probably hear something like by the end of this year like if they're gonna get purchased i don't think they just did that and then like oh you're gonna just go like more than half a year later and still no purchase so if if that was their you know intention versus just like hey we're done dealing with Mm -hmm. (laughs) the our uh western side and not knowing what to do with it let's just stick and focus on our uh you know the things that we actually do best with our Japanese games. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, like the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard, that kind of thing is hard to hide and keep secret. So I'm assuming whenever the if a deal was to ever get done and inked, it would be pretty. They would announce it pretty soon after the fact. <laughs> their intentions for the purchase. So. Again, not saying it's going to happen, guys, but, you know, just based on these rumors and, uh, you know, the talk from assuming, you know, people in the know, you know, we would hear. And no one's seen a deal coming lately. So it'd be (laughs) this would be like the first one that everybody's speculating it's going to happen. And then it happened because all the other deals were, you know, oh, everybody's bringing up Sega or what have you. And then, oh, or EA. But no, they purchased, you know, uh, Bethesda. And then no one ever mentioned Activision at all because they were just, like, way too big. Mm-hmm. And then they purchased or made the purchase offer. So, well, even and same thing with Bungie stuff. and Sony. <laughs> well, you know, that's right. But even smaller stuff, like, you know, and I say that in quotations, smaller stuff like Embracer buying Square Enix's Western Studios, you know, though, you know, pretty significant nonetheless. But, uh, you know, it happened and... Uh, you know, it just it wasn't reported on until you know the news came out, right? So, yeah, yeah, lots of uh, again, lots of big deals going on, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens with this one. But uh, Centurion Pal, I would love to know your thoughts on this because you know I'm sure you have a few things to say on this one. Um, you know, there is some credibility here coming out again, ex CEO of uh, IDOS. Montreal, you know, he, he should be in the know about something, some rumors he's been hearing behind the scenes, but uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts? Because, I mean, Square Enix and Sony, they have been pretty chummy, especially in recent years, but, you know, not necessarily. It, you know, it could definitely go the other way, as Tim's saying. They could just be, you know, uh, closening their friendship, I guess you could say. But, yeah, please, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, we all know that having a close working relationship with Sony um, could always lead to something. We saw that with uh, Naughty Dog. Uh, right, excuse me, Insomniac Games. Uh, with the, like, we all know Insomniac Games made Spider-Man. Uh, they're really on the up and up. And, you know, they're just, uh, 
real quickly on a, a George Keeley event, a George Jeff Keeley event. Uh, the just came out and was like, hey, they just bought Insomniac. So, I, I mean, time will tell. Um, it is interesting. I do have to agree that they did. They did essentially, um, as the guy put it, garage sale dump off their Western division, uh, which was picked up by Embracer Group. Um, and that's because the rumors are that Sony is only interested in the Japan side of Square Enix. So that's where, um, obviously, probably more than likely, um, they're doing what they can to at least make that offer enticing for Sony. So that way they would get the checkbook out and sign out the big bucks to make even the stockholders happy. Um, that's it's going to be a very interesting time. Uh, watching this one unfold um, because, you know, like Tim Dog said, it's a very, they, they have a very beneficial relationship right now. Uh, why, why start screwing with that? Unless by some chance that relationship looks strained in some way, uh, like Tim Dog said, Xbox potentially getting some exclusiveness or maybe, or maybe Square Enix, um, maybe see some dire times ahead in their future and, you know, maybe Sony would be able to pick them up on the cheap if by some chance something happens. I mean, like nobody saw Activision coming for Microsoft, but that was because Activision decided to go out and do probably some of the most heinous things we could name off in gaming right now. And that kind of bit them in the ass. And I even said to myself, jokingly, uh, somebody needs to buy Activision to probably bail them out of this situation because I don't see... Uh, Bobby Kotick and the the executive board over at Activision actually been able to rectify this situation. And then lo and behold, Microsoft came and threw a deal at them and they they kind of took that hook. That's where it's going to you never know. Anything could happen. Square Enix could literally produce a game that completely bombs or something controversial happens in the company and Sony is that close beneficial partner that's basically their golden parachute. Maybe that's not going to occur six months from now, a year from now, two, three years from now. But at least they have that plan B exit strategy uh, kind of already dialed in. Hey, we've worked with PlayStation for the X amount of time. We've got a really great working relationship with them. Let's cut them a deal so that way we can all collect our our big payoff at the end of the day and, and basically ride off into the sunset with some fat cash. Um, but uh, like uh, Tim dog did say the FTC in the whole world of scheme of things is definitely on the prowl um, now, but that's where uh, the whole situation with what happened with meta and the VR thing, um, Tim Dog was elaborating at it. Um, they were trying to buy a VR company. I name, I forget the name of it, but the VR company happens to be very. Um, I guess what it is is um, something about they make stuff for like VR. It's a glass, I think. Um... I, it, well, it, it is. It had something to do with basically um, the health side of VR. On like, remember how we. Uh, the Wii came out with uh, the balance board and there was like Wii Fit. Well, the, that's what it is, the fitness apps for VR. And they basically felt that by Meta getting a hold of this company, that Meta would all of a sudden have a, a monopoly on VR fitness software 
because the FTC feels that Beat Saber is already a fitness VR software. And basically, they created this weird thing. And now um, it's really great that Tim Dog talked about Hogue Law because Hogue Law says that's where the FTC can even look at things at what they call emerging markets. Like, obviously, Game Pass is a subscription service. That's an emerging market in gaming. Same with VR. That's an emerging market. And somehow, basically, the FTC pulled this out of left field saying, well, they'll corner the fitness market on VR, which is an emerging market. And that's why he said no deal is safe, because at this point, nobody really knows what's going to happen at the FTC, the direction they really want to truly follow. I mean, God, I'd be scared to make any kind of a deal right now. In my opinion, I could probably see a lot of these companies deciding to take a step back for at least the next two, two and a half years uh, and and basically wait and wait out the current administration when it comes to the government over here in the United States, at least. Um, And because we all know that once the administration moves on, if a if a new administration gets voted in they're going to start appointing their people and they might have a completely different direction. Um, in which case, you know, business might feel a little bit more comfortable making these acquisitions. Um, and that's where maybe at this point, Sony is going to be in a little bit of a holding pattern. They just got Bungie. They don't, they, you know, they got out of that situation unscathed. They actually closed that deal pretty damn quickly. And at this point, you know, it's kind of like, uh, don't push your luck. So th- they're in a very comfortable spot with Square Enix. There's no point in straining that by trying to make an acquisition right now, especially with a very, very uh, unpredictable FTC at the end of that scope. And they're probably a lot of these companies are going to be in a holding pattern until they can at least see what's going to happen in the next uh, few years with the administration that appointed uh, chairman con over at the ftc mm-hmm. all right i mean that's a fair comment i think everybody on the panel actually had a, a nice variety of things to say and lots of input um i could go either way with uh you know sony being interested in square enix at the moment again for all we know it could it could be a bigger fish in the sea like tencent or again some other publisher or, you know, as others are suggesting, too, you know, maybe some of these publishers are going to start cooling off from uh, from buying studios and other publishers because, well, you know, again, just because of uh, where we are in the economy at that point, uh, stocks are kind of uh, up and down, uh, not looking great, and just the financial situation as a whole. So I think time will tell. Uh, guys, any other comments on this before we head out? All right. All right, folks. I mean, I think uh, with that, we'll begin to round out tonight's show. And again, plenty of interesting discussions and uh, just a lot of thought provoking uh, conversations tonight surrounding information from Microsoft and Sony's earning reports, uh, Knights of the Old Republic and Dark Tide delays. And Sony possibly, well, they could be making a stab at Square Enix. I mean, just some inf- interesting rumors and information coming out there. 
But overall, fun show, and I certainly hope that everybody that listened in and tuned in live enjoyed it in our chat. Don't forget to give this this episode a like, guys, sub to the channel, and share this out across social media. I know, you know, it gets said a lot, but it really does help, especially with engagement and just boosting us up in the YouTube uh, metrics and analytics because... You know, again, hey, we want to be seen and have a whole lot of gaming and Xbox fans uh, see and listen to us. So, hey, if you can make it happen, that would be great. And, uh, hey, with all that said, let's move over to the outros, starting off with Centurion. Pal, uh, great show tonight. Lots of thoughtful things said. Where can all these fine folks find you at? Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, it was a really great conversation tonight. Thank you to everybody in the chat that joined us. Um, definitely please check me out centurion 1307 YouTube Xbox live Twitter you can also find me here every Sunday night with this amazing group of gentlemen right here on the TXR podcast and just in case you missed the tweet aren't paying attention on social media gaming beyond the box um, with Wilmy hood is returning this Wednesday you can find me right there uh, it will be the first show back that we've had in a few months I'm looking forward to this this is gonna be absolutely awesome um, and I know Wilmy has a, an amazing show planned, and so I'm looking forward to reconnecting with the uh, the whole crew over there and being able to chat some more gaming this Wednesday. All right, all right, good stuff. Uh, moving over to Tim Dog, buddy. Again, I thought you had a really good show tonight. Uh, where can all all these fine people, all these Xbox fans, find you at? You can find me on uh, Twitter, xcloudtimdog. Uh, you can also um, basically uh, every Sunday night I'm here uh, and TX and and RDX uh, on Tuesday eight o'clock. Uh, you know, great panel, great great opinions tonight. Uh, I've been playing X uh, as I finished as dust dust falls. All I could say is. Don't even turn on your Xbox. Just do it on your phone. It's basically made for your phone, and it's a real quick, easy way to play the game. Uh, and it's tailored for the phone experience. I do. I, I just tell you to do that because I want people to experience it uh, that way. Uh, just uh, because um, it's really unique. You know, obviously, um, that doesn't mean that we're all games are going to be played like that. Most of the games. Uh, you're lucky to, to get enough lag and stuff like that to make it playable. Uh, cloud gaming still has a lot of ways to go, but um, this is definitely a showcase for cloud gaming, and um, it's kind of cool when the game is actually tailored for it. Uh, it's all touch. You don't even need a, a, a controller or an adapter or a kishi. So uh, I finished that game, and, um, yeah, just overall really excited about... Uh, you know, uh, changing in my life. I'm moving closer to uh, my job. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier. So I will definitely be uh, around here more, and uh, my uh, my my schedule is going to be a lot easier. I'll be closer to home. So uh, it was a great show tonight. Uh, good luck on your show, Centurion. Uh, you do a great job. Tell Wilmy I said hello, and uh, I'll probably uh, maybe even tune in and uh, be in chat that day. Uh, but great, great job today, uh, and see you next week. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, some nice words there, Tim. And yeah, we look forward to having you on more as well. I'm happy to hear about, you know, your uh, situation getting improved there work-wise and, you know, just freeing up more time. That That's pretty awesome. So happy to hear that, pal. And, uh, oh, Eric Shockley, buddy, moving over to you. Uh, you know, you had some pretty well-thought-out points tonight as well. I always appreciate your takes on things. Uh, yeah, where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, hopefully we'll get some uh, more juicy uh, <laughs> quotes from Microsoft from the uh, Activision deal. I guess they just had that one uh, saying that there's no, uh, there's no, there's nothing special about this deal. And then, um, like as far as like from their Bethesda deal, um, and that hey, <laughs> they were making a point to. Uh, I guess the uh, people that are like doing their like whole review of it to uh, you know push it through um, that it's uh, trying to say uh, basically if these games weren't on like other competitors' platforms they're not going to be like missing out like there's no hey there's other games they'll have other games to play this isn't going to like just stop them or like harm their platforms. Um, you know, if they're not, if they don't come to their competitors. Um, so, which is, I guess, somewhat different picture from uh, what we uh, heard in the past when we were like, hey, those games are still coming or they're not. So I maybe we'll find out here soon when they close this deal. So, but yeah, should be fun on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be, uh, well, very interesting. Very interesting when that comes. And uh, judging from some information coming out the past couple of days, it might be sooner than a lot of us anticipated. So uh, we'll just keep an eye on that. But yeah, to round out the group, uh, all of you can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Also, hey, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, send me a message at Invader underscore 1986. Great show. Fantastic audience as per usual. And hey, you know what? We are excited to see you all here uh, every show. But yeah, we always look forward to the next one. And yeah, looking forward to next Sunday already. Later, guys. Have a good one. You're all awesome.